So we need to like embrace tools to figure out how we can shift out of this chronic state of stress. Welcome to your Journey to Joy podcast. I'm your host, Moira Gorski, and I'm on a mission to help you find joy in the chaos of life. As a retired nurse, multi-passionate entrepreneur, and mom of four adult children, I know what it's like to feel the overwhelm of it all and wonder if and when the joy will show up again. And I've learned it's up to us to go find that joy. On this show, you will hear inspiring stories from those who have overcome all kinds of life challenges, tips on how to stay healthy and vibrant during the ups and downs of life, and simple ways on finding joy in your own life. Let's face it, life is messy, yet when we travel together on this journey, support and encourage each other along the way, that joy starts to show up again. I'm so excited to lead you on this journey of you to find the joyful life that you deserve. Well, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am your host, Moira Gorski, and um so excited about all kinds of things that are happening. I mean, if you've listened to my solo podcast uh, that I episode that I um, did most recently here about my new um my new diagnosis of cancer, um, since October eleventh, there has been so much, so I've just been thinking and contemplating and learning and stuff like that. And I'm really in a good place of, um, just a positive mindset. And so today I am bringing one of my new friends who I met on LinkedIn to just have a chat about all all things mindset and positivity and science. And we might geek, we might just geek out a little bit. But also what I love about this guest is that she's a re- well, she's a nurse, just like I am, a retired nurse. And so, but she's also she has that nursing, but she's also kind of switching things around like I did. Um, to talk about mindset and to teach other nurses about habits and really the science of habit formation and um, and mindset work and stuff like that. So super excited to have her today so that we can have a nice chat. We've been talking for like a half an hour before this went live. So I'm like, <laughs> let's put on the uh, recording and let's go. So Monica Hines um, from Seattle, thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited to have you here. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm really excited to just yeah. share and chit chat and nerd out, like you yeah. said, <laughs> right. on some of this really cool stuff and inspire, yeah. right? Inspire. Like I've already been inspired by you in the last 30 minutes. So yeah, this is exciting. Yeah. When I first started the podcast and I was doing a lot of interviews with people that have recovered from eating disorders and addictions and things like that, I would always say, okay, let's start out with your story. So I'd love for you to just at least start out with your story of how you got to where you are today to doing this, because you are a nurse and then you're shifting over and you're making some changes. So I'd love for you to share with my audience kind of like what what got you to say, "Ah, I think I want to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. I love that. So my story, and I'm all about stories. I, so I'm a nurse, right. And, um, I have been working at the bedside for, I had been working at the bedside for 18 years. So I'm a labor and delivery nurse. I, I, I'm having an identity crisis. Can you tell? I still say yeah. I'm, a, I'm a nurse. Yeah. So I have recently shifted, right. I have been at the bedside for 18 years and my personal story involves burnout and, and letting myself get to the point where 
what I was doing was no longer sustainable um, because I wasn't taking good care of myself. Um, So I kind of reached a point where I needed to reach out for help. And I started working with a therapist and also with a coach, a life coach. And as I started to learn about what coaching was, I really just almost felt drawn to be like, I'm going to shift things. I was already kind of exploring what would it look like to shift my career away from the bedside because as a nurse, and I don't know if you felt this, I I was definitely fulfilling a purpose, right? Like every personality test that I ever took with I'm a huge empath and I'm a feeler and I'm a lover and all these things. And I'm really amazing with people. And I was actually really, really, really good at my job, but just in the environment of healthcare and my particular place that I was in, you're experiencing secondary trauma after secondary trauma after secondary trauma. And I didn't have good boundaries. And I was letting all this energy like seep into me. And I just, it got to the point where my mental and my physical health was um, in being impacted in a negative way. And I had to figure out, okay, what am I going to do? You know, when I remember those nursing days, and even with my journey now of being in the hospital more, because I'm the patient, um, like nurses are traditionally like, they're not healthy. No. Many of them are overweight and they're like, you know, they look aged and stuff like that yeah. because they're doing that. They're taking care of everybody else and just putting themselves on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're doing these 12 hour shifts and you're not drinking enough water and you're not getting enough sleep and you're just chronically stressed out and you're giving and giving and giving. And suddenly you're like, I just, I don't have any more to give because I'm not filling my cup back up. And Mm -hmm. I I got to that point where, and we were talking a little bit about this before, where it's like, oh, shoot, this is, I'm in trouble. Like my health is in trouble. And now I have to really it was like a wake up call. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, my, my mental health, I was having panic attacks and just not really realizing how much it was affecting me. So in my journey towards health, I, I, I discovered coaching and I almost feel like, oh, these light bulbs went off. Like, this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. I am getting to harness now my 18 years of nursing experience and bring it into the health and life coaching space. So now I am also a certified health and life coach. And I have really, as I've been on this journey to be a better person and to be a better version of myself, I feel like I can say now, like I'm here on this planet to spark joy. I'm here to empower other people to do the things that I did, to make positive changes, to allow them to rediscover what brings them joy, what fills them up, but then also set them up to make some really good habit changes, right? Because I think so much of, so many of us, especially in the post-pandemic world, we were all super stressed, right? Whether whatever profession you were in, we all experienced a stress, a stressor that was Mm -hmm. different. Right. And we're all coming kind of out of this and we're still all stressed out and we're all living in this chronic stress. And guess what? Stress is really bad for us. So we need to like embrace tools to figure out how we can shift out of this chronic state of stress. So a lot of the work that I do is around burnout and around shifting habits. I love to talk about all things neuroscience of happiness, the neuroscience of habit change, mental fitness, understanding our gut health and like our mental health and how it's all connected. Um, So I've learned tools on how to live better, which involves so many things, gratitude. Um, We've talked a little bit about 
affirmations and journaling. And it's about putting these things into practice over and over and over again. And it takes work and it takes mm-hmm. accountability and it takes community. Um, so that was kind of a long answer that I'm not sure I totally <laughs> answered, but that's a little bit about my story. Yeah, it's good. And that's, you know, again, before we went live here, that's what we were talking about is that, I mean, I've been in the coaching space and helping, again, people find their way to uh, wellness for the last 25 years and make more natural choices and things like that and pay attention to what they're using and putting in and on and around themselves. And I've been very successful and I love my work, but it's like, why does it take sometimes, why does it take a wake up call for us to make the changes? Mm -hmm. Like you said, you were having panic attacks. I interviewed a gentleman on my podcast who was having panic attacks too, like going to work. He didn't even know what it was, but it was a panic attack. And then somebody introduced him to tapping. And so he, you know, EFT. And so he found freedom in that and he left his job. And now that's what he does is coach on tapping. But, you know, why does it take for you to have a panic attack? Why does it take for me to have a diagnosis to be like, okay, well, maybe I, maybe I'll just not. And again, I'm a healthy person, but like, uh, maybe I'll just quit drinking because yeah, I don't know, mm-hmm. added sugar and wine. And like, I knew that I knew a lot of things, but I wasn't doing, I was doing some things, but I wasn't doing other things. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's funny, but it's also sad. Like I said, like that we, it, sometimes it takes us to get knocked in the head to be like, okay, I'll make the changes now. <laughs> but then what I'm seeing is that when we wait to get knocked in the head, like, what are we doing? We're like, we're wasting time. We're wasting our life. And I get a little emotional about when I talk about it, but we're wasting our life. Like we're wait, like, what are you waiting for? And I can say it because I've done it a lot. There's been a lot of things and I don't want to live in regrets, but now it's like, come on, let's do it. Because mm-hmm. what happens if we don't have tomorrow? What happens if, so I'd love to talk a little bit about that, you know, the neuroscience or that, like why, I don't know, why is it so hard for us to make changes or you know, just a little bit of that science or what's the importance or how can we make those changes or, you know, those kind of things, because I think it does get, when you get into that neuro science of it, it can make a little bit more sense, I think, about mm-hmm. how it looks a little bit more attainable to make some changes or perhaps why it's hard for us to make the changes, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That was a lot. There was a lot there. So, <laughs> you know. But like, even just the fact that like, if our gut health, like you talked about the gut and brain connection, like if our gut is unhealthy, like we've been on a lot of antibiotics, if we have irritable bowel, if we have, you know, they say that there's a lot of neurotransmitters in our gut. So if our gut is unhealthy, then there aren't so many healthy neurotransmitters. So maybe we're not feeling so good. Yeah. So then it's hard to, right? And then we eat and then our gut doesn't feel good. Like, I think, I mean, we can start there is kind of talking about that connection too. I mean, there's, that can give, not that it gives you permission to not do it, but it's like, it's sometimes again, if we're not, you know, again, we're we're trying to figure out how to feel better, but we should start with our gut. Yeah. Well, when, when clients come to me oftentimes, right, they're so overwhelmed with all the little things going on. So a lot the work that I do is, okay, well, let's start with the basics, right? Like, where are you feeling the most pain? And oftentimes it's around, you know, either mental health or gut health. And turns out, just like you said, we have so many neuro connections 
in our gut. We, we, have you ever heard of the gut brain and like the, mm-hmm. the gut brain access and all the new research that's coming out is focusing so much on, we need to recreate our, our gut biome. So that's not something I specialize in. It's just something mm-hmm. I get really excited to learn about and talk about, but understanding the importance of it. But sometimes we just have to start small. Mm-hmm. Like what are something we can do tangibly to start to shift out of that chronic stress, stress state, right? Because ultimately the problem is, is we're all under this chronic state of stress. Our bodies are creating stress chemistry. And a lot of it has to do with the way we speak to ourselves too. Mm-hmm. So something that I'm a huge advocate of is how are you speaking to yourself? What is your come from? can get sidetracked on affirmations and 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 the neuroscience of that and I feel like let's I forgot what the specific question was not like this well let, I want to like when we did a LinkedIn live for those that didn't see it you know we did a LinkedIn live and I, I loved a story when you talk about habits and getting those small things like you talked about working with a nurse who was still working at the bedside and she was so stressed out and you said to her why don't you do this while you're washing your hands why don't you tell that story that that's a simple like something that you can do that you can quick, you know, you can change with what you're, you know, yeah, it can start small like that. Yeah. So one of the, my favorite practices, and it's so simple, it's just about breathing, right? It's just about adding in more oxygen to help our bodies switch from that sympathetic, which is our fight or flight response into our parasympathetic, which is our rest and digest, right? So, so much of the way we all the things that we're doing in in our American socially appropriate, acceptable way of living mm-hmm. and our culture is fast paced. We're going, 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 going. We've got to slow down. Well, how do we slow down? Well, I was to speak to this specific topic, like I was working with a nurse and especially in healthcare, we have to get creative with the days because I'm all about routine and adding consistency. Well, something that nurses do a bajillion times a day is wash their hands, right? We gel in, gel out. Every time you go into a room or out of a room, we're constantly washing our hands. So this is a habit that we've already ingrained. So how can we add something that else that's good for us? So I encourage her to take some deep breaths while she was washing her hands, right? So that's just a way in our day to break it up, to break into the craziness of our day, into something we're already doing, to add in a little oxygen, to access that sympathetic, excuse me, that parasympathetic part of our brain to switch us out of the stress. And so that was one way for her that we could add something that seemed daunting into her day. She's like, how am I, Mm -hmm. I'm not about meditation. I'm not going to sit down and meditate for like 10 minutes before I go to work. I'm not going to like do that. Fine. We don't have to do that, right? We're all different. We don't have to like, while I'm a huge proponent of meditation, that's not something that works for everyone. Mm -hmm. And again, another thing that I love to do is what works for you, right? Like we all are different. What makes you alive is going to be different than what makes me alive. And so we are going to have different ways of speaking and then different habits that work for us. So in order to invite in routine, something Charity did, she started adding in a couple deep breaths. And just even a couple of weeks later, I'd ask her like, how's that going? Yeah, I'm like taking in a couple breaths every time I wash my hands. And it's like that reminder. Yes. So then I was like, well, why don't we add in like some sort of affirmation? Like I'm washing your hands. Like I'm going to take care of my body. I'm going to, I'm going to speak kindness to myself as I enter the situation, right? Something small, 
something tangible. We always start small and then we build on it. Um, and notice that's the other thing is notice how it changes. Like, are you noticing something different when you give yourself that 20 second pause to like give yourself that oxygen? Like every brain state and every emotional state has a different brainwave and breath pattern, if that makes sense, what I just said. So Mm -hmm. when we adopt the breath pattern of a relaxed person, which is slow and rhythmic versus a shallow pattern, which so many of us are shallow breathers, like like we're stressed, right? We're shallow breathers. We don't give us these deep belly breaths. So suddenly throughout the course of your 12 hour shift, you're giving yourself some of these deep belly breaths and practicing, like actively practicing, switching that brainwave. We start to build resilience. We start to be able to have a little bit more management of our stress response. And it just starts to change things. We are changing our subconscious mind. We are reprogramming our subconscious mind because again, habits, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm getting a little all over the place, but these are habits. Right. We habitually speak to ourselves a certain way. We habitually react a certain way and we have to like pause, mm-hmm. give yourself that oxygen. Well, and again, it's, it can get real sciencey and say, yeah, we're reprogramming. But the fact of the matter is we are, when we're changing some things out um, and changing the way they normally do stuff or just, I, I took a um, mindfulness-based stress reduction course during the pandemic. So, so good. John Kabat-Zinn or however you say oh, his name. Oh, yes. Love. Yeah. He has a great course on, on Masterclass too, if you have a subscription to that. Oh, I don't, but yeah, <laughs> maybe I'll find somebody that does. That was one thing that stuck out to me was like noticing, like that pause to notice, like, okay, what's going on? You said, where am I feeling this? in my body you know where am i and um like like where's the tension coming from and again we're so quick to go that we just don't slow down and spend that time noticing mm-hmm. and when we do um again it can tell us certain things and we're more aware it's like oh like you said that building the resilience when i first started to go to yoga you know she, laura my favorite you know teacher who who really taught me about yoga and really, you know, I would sit down there. Okay. Like, let's just be here. I'm like, there's so many things to do, you know, (laughs) you know, and it's like, be in the now and be in the, like, I'm like, I don't even know what that means. And she talked about that. Like when you do things in your, it's, it's yes, becoming more proficient or whatever, being there in the yoga room but if you could be there, then you can be more resilient out during the day. And mm. that's what I learned so much when I was doing yoga. Like you're be, you're learning how to be present on your mat and to just be there to quiet, to like try to quiet the things so that you can do the pose you can do. But then that translates into life because then you can learn how to be present in life. Mm. Like that. So the same thing when you're building resilience, it, yeah, it's. It's science and all that, but it's true. That's what happens when we start small, we start to be aware and notice things here. It then translates, like you said, over time, you're building up resilience. So there's going to be, it's, your body's going to be able to handle life a little bit better. Yeah. And, and giving ourselves 
or letting reminding ourselves that we have the power to do that. And one of my favorite quotes, and hopefully I don't mess this up. Have you heard of Viktor Frankl, mm-hmm. Holocaust survivor, psychologist? Yeah. Um, one of his famous quotes is, in between stimulus and response, there is a pause. Mm-hmm. And in that pause lies our power to choose. And I think so much of us live in a reactionary, we react, we just constantly react. I mean, I do this. I have to, I have to practice what I preach. I have to remind myself Mm -hmm. this constantly because I'm a reactor. I'm a reactor, but we have the power to choose our response, but we have to notice it Mm -hmm. first. And again, that's some of the work that I do when I work with clients is building that intuition muscle, Mm -hmm. right? Building that awareness piece. We're all floating through life. And just like you said earlier, we're here to experience life at its fullest. And so many of us are just caught in the rinse and repeat cycle. We're not like being present. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, whether you're in your mid forties, which is where I am or wherever you get slammed in the face with like, oh no, I have this diagnosis now. And I missed out on whatever because I was so busy with my career. And what do we have to do right now to stop and pause? Like we're at the time of year where we're reflecting right Mm -hmm. back on 2023 and prepping for 2024. It's just a good time to do some like self-evaluation and self-reflection and where are we going and setting intentions and what are we doing and how are we going to get there, right? Mm -hmm. Coming from a place of inspired living. Brought to you by Gorski Wellness and the possibility of a better you. Are you feeling sluggish? Ready for a change? Need more energy? Up for a bigger challenge? I'm Moira Gorski, retired nurse and wellness advocate. For over 22 years, I've been helping people live healthier lives while making small changes each and every day. Those small changes lead my clients to living a healthier lifestyle with markedly better health. As a brand ambassador for the Shackley Corporation, the most clinically proven wellness company in the world, I guide my clients to make healthier choices each day with their food, supplements, skincare, workouts, and mindset. They say getting started is half the battle. Let's make healthy happen together. If you're ready for simple, natural, sustainable solutions to feeling and looking your best, let's connect. You'll find a link in the show notes or reach out to me at moiragorski.com. Here's to a better you. It reminds me of a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, getting to the end of the year, and you know, I've got all kinds of. I always have big goals for the year, and and you know, with my business and with other things that I'm doing. And I had been working with a, a coach that year, and it was towards the end of the year, and I think it was probably two years ago when my husband and I, well, I caught COVID and brought it home to him. And so we're home and, you know, so I'm feeling a little woe is me, right? The kids, nobody comes home because of all that. And we're not going anyplace. So a little, you know, it's the holidays, which is like Christmas is my favorite holiday. And so feeling down on myself as it was. And then, you know, a lot of the incentives that I work for with my company, um, you know, they end at the end of the year. And I said to her, I go, yeah, you know, I don't know. I just... I'm not going to do it. I'm not doing those, you know, I'm not getting those certain goals. I'm not going to get the trip or whatever. And I was like, blah, blah, blah. She goes, you know what? So she had created this exercise and she referred me to it. And she said, listen, I have this whole celebrate. I think this is a great time to talk about it. I'm glad you brought it up, you know, (laughs) celebrate your year. And so it's just a, a form chart that she created. 
but it's basically every month. She said, go print that out and just write. And each month, like, what were your wins? And like, what were the struggles? And go back and every month and see how you feel. Let's talk about that afterwards. And I'm telling you, it was a huge eye opener because it's that like I'm beating myself up at the end of the year. And she also, again, this is a gal that I coached with. So she knew that I wanted to be more than just a Shackley ambassador who helps people. Like I told her that I said, I'm really looking to expand and to offer more and things like that. And, and from that moment on, I did start to create some other things. And so she knew that that was my, like, it wasn't always about just getting that. And I looked at that year and my mom got sick and she died. I had a son who lived at home who's having real struggles here. And we ended up like kicking him out of the house and we encouraged him to move. But I also created a journal. I kept going with my podcast. Um, then I had a biopsy. This was two years ago. Um, and so I looked at like all, like I had some really good things that happened. And I had some stressors that happened too. And so I was like, it's been a pretty good year, like overall. But again, we have to look at, we, I tend to be like, there's a great book. Have you read it yet? It's called The Gap and the, the Gap and the Gain. You read that? No, I haven't read that. Oh my God. It's such a good book because it's like, we look at the gaps so much. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Right. (laughs) And there is some science between behind like setting a goal. Yes. You know, there's a setting a goal and saying, okay, where am I at now? And then seeing the goal and then your reticular activating system and, you know, all of that like goes to work. um, So you can close the gap. So there is something to that. But this book talks about that we always look at the gaps. Mm-hmm. Like, where have we not, where are we less than and less than? Oh, I didn't get this. I didn't get this. I didn't get, well, why don't we look at the gains? Right, let's look at the gains. I don't have it here because I let lent it out to somebody, but it's one of the only books that I have so many post-it notes in it because I made so many like marks. It's so good. It's so like to me, like I beat my, I beat myself up yep. for so long saying, yeah, I, I know i have a six a six figure business, but I mean, I just didn't get that goal this year. Like what? Like what is your problem? You know, like it's good. We need to look at the good and see the good. But so much we beat ourselves up instead of like, hey, let's look at the stuff that I have gained. Oh, yeah. And then okay, and then maybe like, what do I really want to do? Like we talked about before we went live. Like I do have goals, but really, what my my vision for the future is like, what can my impact be? Because if I have an impact, if I can help spread joy, help people find joy in the chaos of life, i.e. my life, right? I take my example and I share that with others. If I can help people find joy, then I'm going to get those goals, right? Because I have the goals of helping people here and increasing my numbers in my business and increasing my team. Like all of that stuff's going to come. If I look at like, I just want to bring more joy to the world. Mm. Like I want to have that impact. And then people say, yeah, but that's what you do every day. I'm like, yeah, but quit saying the yeah, buts. Can we quit saying yeah, but? Say yes. Well, thank you. I do. And I'm really grateful for that. And how can I do more? Like I want to do more. So that's a better way of positioning ourselves and talking to ourselves than, yeah, but, you know, I just, I didn't do this then. Like, so what? But look at what you did do. Like we beat ourselves up all the time. We I've started to do some mirror work. Can you believe that? Louise Hay. <laughs> I love and, it. <laughs> uh, um, and it's just a simple, like when I went away, I um, 
I had mentioned this on my podcast when I talked about my diagnosis, but I did go away for a couple of days and I wanted to create like a, like a, like a protocol or like a, like what I was doing every day so that I can like put that. I'm not a huge checklist person, but I'm like, I do want to stay accountable to myself about the changes that I'm making and the tweaks that I'm making. And so that's one of the things that, and again, maybe a little too much information, but I believe there's some power in some essential oils and I have Mm -hmm. breast cancer. And so I take oils and this other oil that I use for my skin and I put it in my hands and I rub my breasts before I get dressed. Like after my shower, I rub it on there Mm -hmm. and I tell myself, I love, I love you. Mm -hmm. You got Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. and it's okay. Yeah. And it's just like, I say that and I get emotional, but like, that's the power in like, just, Hey, and I got you like sometimes. I don't know. Yeah. And that's the power we have. Right. We can do that. And sometimes we feel like, why should we talk to ourselves? Well, guess what? This is all we got sometimes is ourselves. Yeah. So take some time and look at yourself and say, hey, beautiful. Like, I got this. I know you're having a rough time, but you got this. Like, there's power in that, that positive talking positively. And that's part of my little routine that I do every day. And then I put my bra and I get dressed and, and go off. But, you know, it's that, again, can we talk more positive to ourselves? Because even today I got dressed, I looked at myself, I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And so I'm like, okay, well, then I just kind of took my hands and I, (laughs) and so I just, I did it because I realized that it's so, it's just so important. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing your story too, with, with all of us. And I just, I pulled this quote up because I, I, to speak to what you're saying. So to understand the science behind affirmations, we must first look at the concept of neuroplasticity, which I'm not sure if you know about, and there's some really great research and great books about, but this neuroplasticity refers to the brain's ability to change and adapt over time based on your experiences and your thoughts. So through regular practice, affirmation, can actually change your brain's physical structure, strengthening neural pathways associated with positive thoughts and emotions. And this can lead to a more optimistic and resilient mindset, even in the face of challenges. So by affirming ourselves, right, doing exactly what you're saying, you're giving yourself permission to acknowledge your positive strengths and qualities. And it lights up this part of your brain that actually releases like the dopamine and serotonin that does lift you up. And when we continue to do that over time, guess what? We change our brain and we actually change the way we feel. Mm -hmm. So while there are some of us, right? So I, I require medication. Like I'm on antidepressants. I I struggle immensely with some mental health challenges. And so when someone talked to me about affirmations, I kind of rolled my eyes. I was like, whatever, (laughs) but the science behind it is crazy. And then Mm -hmm. just like you, I, I have tried to implement practices you know, I look in the mirror sometimes and tell myself and it feels really inauthentic, but I do it anyway. That's right. One of the things that I've committed to practicing in my daily practice is before I get up in the morning, I literally will put my hands on my chest. I'm laying in bed. I'm like, Monica, I love you. It's going to be a good day. And I, it sounds inauthentic sometimes because it doesn't feel genuine, 
but I'm lighting up those parts of my brain that are going to give me access to more of that during the course of the day. Kristen Neff, I don't know if you've mm-hmm. heard her yep. work. She's the com- self-compassion researcher. She has amazing workout. Yeah. One of her books is just mind-blowing. It's uh, The Mindfulness of Self-Compassion or something. But that's she's the one who where I got that idea. Is like mm-hmm. you're laying in bed before you get up in the morning. Just remind yourself that you love yourself. And speaking to negative thoughts right? When those negative thoughts come in, one of the things that I ask myself, would you speak to a five-year-old that way? Mm -hmm. And chances are you wouldn't. And so it's reminding ourselves that when we're speaking to ourselves negatively, we are creating stress chemistry in our body. And so who we are being equals what our body is doing. So Mm -hmm. are we in a state of positive? Are we looking to be optimistic? Are we bringing in curiosity or are we letting our primitive brain, which is constantly searching for danger, right? Our primitive brain is going to, it's stronger just because it's, we've let it be stronger. Mm -hmm. This gal that I uh, stayed at her home in Michigan, that's what she said, you know, think about like, even before you get out of bed, like, what do you want your day to be like, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. you could say, hey, it's going to be a good day. Or you could say, or what's your intention for the day? Like, I often do that when I do get up and I go do meditation and some journaling. I'm like, you know, what do I want my day to look like? Or, but you can do it before you get up in bed and you, you know, get up in the morning and, you know, get up from bed. I mean, another case in point, again, just doing things to elevate our way of thinking just makes a big difference. Like I remember when I got this diagnosis and I was calling, I have four children and one of them lives here. And so I was calling the rest of them. So one, I worked was working the PM shift, as we would call it in nursing. And so I didn't call him because um, it was mid-afternoon because I said, I'll call him the next morning. But I called the one. And I got him and I was driving to dance. So I was going to my dance uh, lesson. And uh, and I remember crying in the car and all that with him. And then I left a message for the other son. And so when I got out of dance, um, I had a dance class and then I had a little bit of a break. And then I took a group class. And um, And so then the second one had called me back. And so I called him on the way home. Well, he was crying and he was really upset. And like, I just felt within myself, like I was still like, Again, very impacted by this, but I felt amazing because I just danced for like two hours. And like, that's why I go there because it's Mm -hmm. a way that I can take care of myself and help myself feel better. Like I went in there and I told them because my instructor's like, hey, did you get good news? And I'm like, no. And so I told him, we cried a little bit and I'm like, let's go dance. That's why I'm here. And he said, you know, dance helped me when I was growing up and I used to fight with my dad and I would go dance. Said the same thing. This is my form of therapy. I come Mm -hmm. in here and I dance and it's a challenge and all that, but it helps raise those dopamine levels in me. There is no doubt that was such a prime example for me. Like I was, I'm like, I know I'm really upset about it, Tyler, but like I just danced, so I'm feeling actually really good right now, you know, while he's crying and um, after he got the news. But that's what we have a chance to do when we do something that brings us joy mm-hmm. or just, again, say something kind to ourselves, mm-hmm. increase that dopamine so we feel better and we feel better and we raise that level so that we can deal with life in a better way, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, it is a tool, right? It's mm-hmm. a tool that we can implement. And I think when I first started learning about neuroplasticity, which was the ability to actually change 
I was kind of blown away. I was like, oh, you mean I, I don't have to be stuck in this depressive, anxious cycle? And, and while I do wrestle with, with some of this, learning to speak to myself differently, and then of course, implementing other things, right? Like meditation practice and bringing in gratitude. I mean, there's like a whole nother set of studies and science behind gratitude and what that does for us, right? But it's learning to implement these tools Mm-hmm. And then noticing, right? That's the the big piece is noticing how is it affecting you? How is it changing you? How are we showing up differently because of being able to implement these tools? And some of them are so easy. Stop and breathe, mm-hmm. right? Give yourself the gift of oxygen. Breath is life. Right. And stress makes us breathe really shallow. Mm-hmm. We're really stressed. And on a super rush, we're all breathing really shallow. We're not taking deep big belly breaths, right? We're not doing that. And it's something so simple and so easy mm-hmm. are some of these tangible tools that we can start implementing in our life to really shift our mindset, right? right. Shifting our mindset from this is too hard, life sucks to wow, look at how far I've come. I overcame this challenge. Look at how much I've grown. Mm-hmm. And that takes practice. <laughs> it does take practice. And it's, you know, again, people keep reminding me, they're like, wow, you're so strong. And I'm like, you know what? Actually, I am. And, you know, I think back on those days that that I wasn't that way. You know, that there was days when I was, you know, not that I didn't want to get out of bed, but that it was tough days. And there yeah. was, I mean, I could talk to somebody and I'd have a hot flash in a second, or I'd start to cry because there was so much stress. and. I believe there's a statement that like everything that I've gone through has prepared me for today, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Everything I've gone through, it prepares us for this moment that we're in right now. And so be there. And, and, and I do acknowledge, I go, yeah. And they're like, you're an inspiration. I go, well, thank you. I said, yeah, it sucks, but I'm, but that's what I want to be. I want to be able to share. That's why I've done this podcast. That's why I'm very open on social. It's like, when we share our stories, when we're open with others and show our insides and peel back a little layer and say, yeah, you know what? I'm not Miss Perfect, you know? I mean, I never forget this one gal said to me after she was on a retreat with me and I started, you know, crying and talking about stuff or, well, no, she told me when she was on this retreat and we were doing that, but then she said, hey, you remember when you went, I had gone out to Colorado um, to visit my daughter who was in treatment. And um, it was her birthday weekend. And um, and so I had gone for a session with her. And then I had a big block of time before I was able to pick her up for um, um, to go out to dinner and hang out for the evening. And my brother lived out there. And I was like, again, I was just in this, like, like I don't, I don't know what to do for like a few hours. So I texted my brother. I'm like, what I should do? I don't want to go shop. I just don't like I, I got all these. He goes, go to Red Rocks. I'm like, oh, mm. that's right. So I drove to Red Rocks. I don't know if you've been there to Red Rocks. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I walked in the place and walked around and I just started crying. It just overwhelmed me with the beauty of that place. And I sat down on those steps of Red Rocks and I recorded a live video. Now, this was like five years ago. So we weren't like so used to going live. But regardless, I sat down there and I went live and I was crying and I was talking about like the fact that something bad brought me to this beauty. Mm, right. Mm. And it's just, and it was so, and because of that vulnerability that I showed, this gal said, 
now I feel like you're real. Mm. She goes, I felt like you were this, you know, untouchable and I can't be like Moira or whatever. And I'm like, well, that's not true. But that's the way, that's the way she perceived me. Mm -hmm. But once I started opening up and showed my vulnerability, she was like, oh, yeah. But it's also was that thing like, yeah, every with every bad, there's good. Like mm -hmm. if I didn't have the bad of my daughter struggling, I would have never come to this beauty of Red Rocks. And when you're there, it's just overwhelmingly beautiful, you know. But um, again, I don't know where that came from, but it was just that power of, um, you know, um, being OK to share our stories and um but also looking at there's there's good and bad and like yeah and we're here today so what are we going to do today what are the choices we have today what are the choices of the habits that we can create today what can we do today to you know make yeah. today an amazing an amazing day yeah what are some of your favorite habits uh that you try to integrate into your practice like your daily life i have this uh front room in my house and um I had, there's an old chair, you know, floral, over stuffed chair. And I go sit there and I have a whole bunch of books there in a little box next to me. But I always light a candle and I open up a book and I start reading like a book that I might be reading. There's one about letting go these days. <laughs> there's another <laughs> another one that I picked up in um, Michigan. So I'll read a little bit. And sometimes um, I'll write a little bit. And sometimes I write afterwards. But I always then find a meditation. And again, it's really great to breathe and all that, but I get a little distracted <laughs> if you haven't figured that out already. And so, you know, I'll find Insight Timer and I have a few favorite like meditation guys and gals there and I'll find one or I'll type in letting go or healing or self-love or whatever, and they'll make suggestions. And then I stick my earphones in and I do some meditation there and, um, I always tell people like it could be five minutes, it could be 25 minutes, depending on the amount of time that I have. But I always do that. And then usually from there, some thoughts come up. So that's usually when I journal. And that's what I love about journaling is that it's a way that we can talk to ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, we write, but we can hear ourselves talking when we do that journaling. Yeah. So I do that. And Within that journaling is always gratitude. I always try to write 10 things that I'm grateful for, even if it's, you know, that I had a good night's sleep and my dog Ruby's sitting next to me and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, there's some other things that I've added in, but those, that's my morning routine for sure. Mm -hmm. Now I started to jump on the rebounder a couple of times a day, you know, cause that helps with lymphatic drainage and mm -hmm, stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> um, I didn't, I mean, Again, had a rebounder, but never really used it. So now I, I do that. And I tell people like, even if you don't have that, you can jump like you can, and you don't have to lift your feet off the ground, but you can jump up and down and just like, you know, do things or you can like massage your armpits. Yeah. <laughs> Again, there's things that, so I've started to integrate those, but that morning routine became really big for me. Like get up and like start your day. Cause when I start my day with those habits, my day goes better, mm -hmm. right? Totally. It just yeah. totally sets it up for a better day. I love, I mean, even journaling. So I have this written down in the front of my journal because I love what you said about journaling. It says, write down the thoughts of the moment. Those that come unsought are often the most valuable. And then journaling provides access to your truth, your dreams, your inner wisdom, 
and it will bring revelations that will sometimes surprise you. And it's so true. Like I, I also have am in the practice of journaling and just kind of do some free writing. And it, it it's interesting, like you said, having a conversation with yourself. And sometimes things come up and you're like, oh, well, that's interesting. I didn't realize, <laughs> I didn't realize that was on the forefront of my mind. Right. Um, and kind of addressing those. It's beautiful. Well, and 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 there's a gentleman that I listened to, Darius uh something or other um on insight timer and he um he talks about in the end it's like he always says if you're part of the uh now i can't remember i hear it all the time but basically set a timer for 15 minutes and write and so it is that idea of free writing um and not just and giving yourself some time because it is like i tell people like when we talk about journaling it's like okay just like what do i supposed to talk about or write about or whatever. It's just like, mm-hmm. how are you feeling today? Or like, ah, I don't really feel good. Or I'm kind of scared about today, or I'm kind of anxious about today or whatever, and just start writing. And it's amazing what, you know, what comes out. And um, even so, like I said, before we went live, you know, I went away for a couple of days. And, you know, I took the power of books and like Oracle cards and like, you know, tarot cards and stuff like that, that this whole this house had so many of them. And if you believe in that stuff or not, you know, regardless, you know, it was so powerful for me because I was like, where am I going to start? I'm not alone by myself for two days. And I took a few decks of cards that looked like I wanted to learn about them. And I just shuffled them up and I turned some cards over and I read about them. I mean, it was like, wow. Like you said, like the things that you're going to learn or that you're going to hear, they might be a little surprising and revolutionary and stuff like that. But it's, that's, that's what happens. That's the power of slowing ourselves down so that we can listen to what, whatever you believe in the universe, a a power, you know, greater than ourselves is, is telling us Um, another mentor of mine. She said, you know, there's a time for like forwarding, like there's a time to like get things done and do that. And there's a time for grounding down. And there's so much power in grounding down and, it's not the person that I used to be years ago because I was like, <laughs> let's just get shit done. You know, that's what yeah. I do. But there's so much power in grounding down and sitting and saying, it's just like you said, noticing, how am I feeling today? And don't answer yourself for a little bit, right? Just yeah. how am I feeling today? And sometimes yeah. that's what my morning routine is. Like, how am I feeling today? About about today. And, um, and then see what comes up. Like you said, whatever you just said there. There's so much power in in that that moment. Mm-hmm. It's it's really uh, amazing. Like I just saw you. You know, people can't see this, but you know, you closed your eyes, you took a deep breath. Like that's what I find too. Is like if we can slow down and like again, it seems so simple, but it's so magical. Like I went outside in this home that I had this little retreat at, and I went outside because she said go outside and take a walk and go see the sycamore trees and maybe hug one of them or whatever. And I did like get emotional thinking about it. Like I hugged the tree, like, and I was like, Oh my God, I feel like I stopped and I was quiet and I felt the power of that tree and the power of the winds. I was like, and that's awesome, cool stuff, you know, that can be so like, we need to do that more. I could talk about this forever. We need to slow down and just listen to ourselves and listen to nature and listen to what the universe is telling us that we need to do. That's where the answers are. Yeah. My husband always said that 
these answers are inside of you. I'm like, I used to be like, oh, <laughs> shut up. You know, <laughs> but it's true. There's so much power inside of us if yeah. we just would allow ourselves to slow down and listen. And then just to kind of bounce on top of that is looking at the neuro, like the science too, behind being in nature and what that does to our physiology is crazy. Cause the fact that you said hug a tree is amazing because I do, I go, I live in Seattle, Washington. And I'm always in the forest and I'm always hugging trees and my husband makes. <laughs> so yes, I recycle, but I really like, there's so much of a life force Mm-hmm. in nature and we in our society like we're not in nature we wear shoes we just don't take advantage of the life force mm-hmm. that nature has to offer and you know i might sound a little bit woo woo there but there's science behind it right like the energy that comes from nature yeah. helps us regulate our nervous system yep. right when our brain hears birds and waves and nature we automatically calm down so nature really helps our physiology simmer down. So like mm-hmm. playing with that and adding more of that into our daily well-being. Right. Anyways, that just got me excited to talk about a whole nother thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as we wrap up this, um, but I encourage people to go find that. Uh, what is it called? Not, It's not called grounding, is it? Um, but there's a book about 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 sitting in nature. There's, I mean, not a book. There's a, there's a Netflix, I don't know. It's on. Ooh, I'm going to have to watch that one. I haven't watched that. Yeah. Look it up. It's a, it's a, it's a documentary on grounding Mm. and it talks about again, when, and that's part of when you said that it's like, that's part of my routine. Like I let the dog out in the morning, but now I go outside and I usually take my slippers off and I usually stand there. Now there's snow here, but you know, I just do that and I take a few deep breaths and I'm like outside you know, in nature, I mean, it's in the backyard in a nice suburban neighborhood, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. you know, just being outside and walking around in the grass, it's a great way to to wake yourself up and to be, I mean, my husband likes to go, I mean, the things that I'm going to leave people with, like go, if I can, I'll put it in the show notes if I think of it, but there's a great documentary on grounding, but my husband loves to forest bathe. Yeah. You know, he likes to go and like walk in the forest. I'm like, can we just walk on the path? He's like, I'm going in the forest. I'm like, <laughs> you know yeah but he likes to go get he goes we go to this well we don't do it together anymore but he likes to go in and in the forest and then he finds golf balls because it's next to this golf course and he can come out with like tons of golf balls or whatever but forest bathing being in nature i mean we could do another podcast Mm -hmm. episode on that but just the power of being outside and being in nature like does i mean i it's cold here but I ran out of bird seed and I usually put bird seed out as much as I can because I love the birds. There was nothing better than like sitting outside and filling up the bird feeder and listening to those birds for me. It's just tremendous. Well, and yeah, I mean, quite literally our physiology our chemistry in our body changes when we listen to birds or enjoy mm-hmm. nature. I mean, it's, that's the fascinating part for my brain to like, oh, wow. Okay. You know, food is medicine. Nature is medicine. Laughter is medicine, right? Our community is medicine. This is how we take care of ourselves. This is how we nurture ourselves, not just through food, right? Like we need to nurture ourselves through all these other experiences that our body takes in. Because again, who we are being 
is what our body is doing. Well, and what a great way to end it for two nurses having a conversation about <laughs> like medicine is not, I mean, there's medicine, right? And there's the importance of medicine, but there's so much other medicine out there. Like you said, all of those things that we can do, that's what I'm dealing with now with like, okay, I've got this diagnosis. What do I want to do? Yeah, there's maybe medicine and surgery, but Mm -hmm. there's all these other ways of healing myself. And I find that super fascinating too. Science, like all of that stuff, it's so fascinating. And so I want the audience to hear that. Like there are things that you can do that don't cost a lot of money. You can open up your back door and go outside Mm -hmm. and fill your bird feeder. You can take a few deep breaths while you're washing your hands and you can bring some healing to yourself, some grounding to yourself without taking a pill, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So tell people where um, they can find you um, if they want to connect with you. And um, so appreciative of our conversation. I knew it was going to be good. (laughs) Yeah, Moira, thank you so much. This has been so fun and so lovely. And I'm so excited to just be connected with you. Um, People can find me on LinkedIn. I'm really pretty active on the LinkedIn platform. My Instagram is more like my fun stuff, like my pictures of my dogs and my garden. And I'm all over Instagram too. So um, Monica Hines Life Coach is my handle for both of those. You can also go to my website and subscribe to my newsletter because my newsletter, what I love to just share information and tools around, again, things that I'm learning, which have to do with the neuroscience of habit change, the neuroscience of happiness. I give lots of, again, resources and information. I feel again, my purpose is here to provide value and inspiration and joy. So those are a lot of things I'd like to talk about. So if you're open to our, you know, uh, emails are sometimes there's just too many things in our inbox. But if you're interested in one more thing to your inbox, uh, Monica Hines Life Coaching is my website and you can find my um, newsletter there. Otherwise, I'm again, pretty active on the LinkedIn and the Instagram, not as much on Facebook, but I'm trying to be. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Well, good. It's uh, I'm not, that'll be in the show notes too. There'll be some links there too. So, um, yeah, like I said, thank you for this time. I'm so grateful to be connected with you, and just again be connected with others that are so you know like minded and love to. Yeah. You know, as we talked about, we're nurses by schooling, but like we found, we like we're expanding our thinking, and that's yeah. what I always tell other people. Like, just be open to other things because yeah. there's so much out there. Um, there's so much out there to learn and things that we can learn that can help us. And, um, I really value the people that have gone through their experiences themselves. And then they're really, their desire is to, to share that with other, other people too. Yeah. And then notice like when we get better, right, the world around us starts to get better and we just create this ripple effect of change. And wow, that's so exciting to think about how much power each individual has you know, we can't necessarily control everyone else, but we can control us. And energetically speaking, to get super woo-woo, like energetically, when we lift our vibes, guess yep. what happens to everyone else around us? Right. Really well, and if the pandemic taught us, I haven't thought about this in a long time, but when the pandemic first started and we say, oh, we can't, like one person, can we change the world? Well, like one kind of thing, if you believe in whatever, and we're not going to talk about that, but if something happened in <laughs> China and it, it impacted the whole world in a negative way, like, think about that. If we raise our vibe one person at a time and say one kind thing, one person at a time, it can impact the world. Yeah. So there's a ripple effect to whether we want to acknowledge it or not. Right. So 
yeah, do it in the positive way. So thanks again. Thanks for listening to us mm. uh, chat yes. through all of this listeners. I so appreciate you and just continue to, um, I love when you guys send me feedback and share these episodes because uh, it's good stuff. I love to have yeah. these conversations, but I want more people to hear them so that we can really, again, spread joy to the world and have an impact on others. Love it. Yes. Yep. yes. All right. Thank All right. You. Talk to you next time, everybody. Hey there. Ready to live a more joyful life? Considering connecting with someone who can help you? If so, I'd like to be that person. I offer a free consultation where we determine where the chaos is in your life and how you can learn to bring more joy each and every day. Visit my website, moiragorski.com, or simply email me, moira at moiragorski.com, with more joy in the subject line. I look forward to connecting, and I'm here to say, there will always be some chaos, which requires a little juggling, but you can find joy and live your life intentionally filled with that joy. Let me help you on your journey to joy. And that's joy, the journey of you.